What's up, everybody? John Bush from Armored Saint, and you are cranking it up here on Sonic Perspectives. It's Rodrigo here bringing you another interview for Sonic Perspectives. We're going to talk today with one of my all-time favorite singers, Mr. John Bush of Armored Saint. Yeah, John, yeah, yeah. great to have you here with us. What's up, Rodrigo? How are you, sir? Good. I'm good, man. Uh, it's an exciting time for us Armored Saint fans with the new album Punch in the Sky, set for release in October. Give us an overview of the album, if you can. Well, uh, it's our first album in five years. Uh, you know, we, we try to get records out sooner if we can but um yeah. we just kind of we work at our own pace and sometimes that pace is a little slower but <laughs> in the end i always say it's about the quality of the music and not really the the quantity of course i have to say that because you know we <laughs> we, we we work a little slow but um we're proud of this record we think it's a nice um stepping stone from when hands down which was a nice stepping stone from la raza so uh the goal is to always just to continue to progress and mm -hmm. I think we do that pretty well. This record um, has a lot of diversity, but it has some hard-hitting tracks as well and um, a lot of cool production that's going on, uh, courtesy of Joey, and then on, on to Jay Rustin, who mixed it. Um, so uh, great guitar orchestrations, a lot of cool vocal things that are going on, especially in the background vocals. Um, you know, uh, I think cool current themes that are going on certainly in the world lyrically as well as you know some more introspective stuff so i think it's uh, something that fans should take uh, and uh, really appreciate yeah and i spoke with you in 2018 uh, just before your show here in toronto when he did the symbol of salvation in full at that time you already had songs written uh, but i guess you know there were lots a lot of stops and starts in the writing but that didn't hurt the end result which sounds very cohesively right very great. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it, we, we did that. We did have a little break in the writing process because you pointed that out that we were already mm -hmm. writing. And then we did the simple thing, which was really fun. And we had a great time yeah. doing that. And um, that probably inspired us in some subliminal way or something because I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you exactly how. But, mm -hmm. but just by playing a record in its entirety, especially that one, which is kind of a key album for us. And, and it's, it's a pretty diverse record as well. You know, you have songs like Tribal Dance and Rain of Fire, but then you have you know, Another Day and Tainted Pass. So it's a pretty diverse album. And so this record kind of continues on that. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, it's probably maybe we're a little too meticulous, Joey in particular, who's kind of, you know, the guy who is the, the MC of it all. But, um, mm -hmm. but you know, it's like I said, you know, when, when I'm dead in the grave and it's all over, I just want to 
people to look back on the quality of the music and and um, I don't need to necessarily have 20 records in in Armored Saints past and have people say oh you know well 10 of them are crap you know I don't that's mm -hmm. it's more about the quality of it yeah I understand but when it comes to albums like that which are written in a longer period of time how do you know when to draw the line and say okay it's done well, that's a good question. Um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, not to bust, uh, you know, Axel's chops, but uh, you don't want to have a Chinese democracy that goes on and yeah. on and on. You do need to let go. You need to cut loose. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit like uh, letting your kid go, you know, to college or something. You, you just yeah. need to let go at some point because, you know, otherwise then you start becoming somebody who's overthinking everything. And then, and that's just going to probably end up being detrimental too. So, um, you know, I really believe that, it, it it's it kind of reveals itself when it's done mm -hmm. you know you're like all right that's the same thing with a song you know you can write a song um i mean the the simplistic aspect of a song is really the best part of it in terms of, of of you know focusing on you know a really good verse a really good chorus and then you can mess around with different arrangements and how you do that but really you're just trying to get to the to kind of the the, the roots of a good song and um and you know when that's good and the, yeah. the same thing with the record i think you know when it's done i mean you could you could probably overthink it in the mixing process and that could prolong uh luckily jay pretty much doesn't want us to be um uh there at the studio when he's doing uh -huh. it he's made that quite clear which is fine <laughs> because that's his time to shine and um and he does an incredible job so it's kind of hard to say uh that's not right or that's not right you know you may have like some volume that it, it, like a part you want a little louder a little softer a little more prominent but in the end the, the, i mean the job he does is, is just incredible and we're grateful to work with him awesome uh, the first thing that caught my attention was actually the title punch in the sky which is actually the first sentence on the first Correct. song yeah. right i know you like to leave things for interpretation but what did you actually mean with uh, punch in the sky every day standing on the shoulder of giants what is that song about well um, I, you know, I'm a big sports fan. Um, you know, I think when people win, when they're victorious, you know, you, you see that a lot, you know, yeah. you, just, yeah, you know, and, and it's really is something as simple as that, you know, it's, it's kind of a feeling of being victorious and, and just kind of raising your arm and, 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 in conjunction with that. Um, the title was something that I'd written down. I read somewhere. It was a quote, I think by Isaac Newton. Uh, um, and, um, it's, I thought it was how it related to me, at least in Armored Saint, and the song in particular is, um, is that you, you, you surround yourself with people who make you better. That's a mm -hmm. really important thing to kind of uh, analyze at this point, because I think there's probably a lot of people who are bringing other people down at this point. There's obviously people who are raising a lot of people up in this kind of turbulent time we're living in. But um, if you're if you're surrounding yourself with people that you that you believe in. And that you think are you know giants in in the sense they inspire you. Then if you get on their shoulders, think about how high you are there. So it's yeah. like you're even higher, and you're able to kind of uh, scan the the landscape around you and and say you know this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And um, you know it's kind of metaphoric, and at the same time it's uh, kind of visual in the sense that you're standing high and you're and you're seeing everything around you and you know there's nothing more majestic than being like on a mountain and, and seeing an amazing view yeah. it's kind of yeah. equivalent to that really cool and uh well there's a great use of william pipes on that first track which gives it a mystic feel right where did that come from 
It was an idea that Joey had. He had he had uh, recorded some bagpipe stuff just on his keyboard as an intro, just to kind of set the tone for that record. And then uh-huh. it always sounded so amazing. So we said, well, let's find somebody who actually can do it, and he <laughs> did. And um, it is a when you hear that instrument, it sounds it just kind of it creates a certain feeling. It's undeniable oh, yeah. when you hear that, and so it really kind of sets the tone for for this kind of uh this 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 future of what's coming and um and then the intro is is great to that song because it it starts off slow but there's a big strong build the riff is powerful and super strong and then you know goes into the song and into the groove so it's a great track to open the record yeah at first i was almost reluctant when joey suggested it because it's just the <laughs> longest song on the record yeah. And um, we were trying to actually write shorter songs on this album. Mm-hmm. So it seemed kind of funny that we were going to start the album with the longest song on the album. But it just felt like the right song to, to open it. Right. And the first single, End of the Attention Span, is a little, bo- a little bit more direct in meaning. Uh, is this something that worries you in, in any way? Like people not being able to maintain their attention? or? Well, it worries me about myself, actually. I'm <laughs> pretty bad at it. You know, you could ask yeah. my wife and she'd be the first one. <laughs> You're terrible. You know, I'll be on the phone texting a friend and she'll call me John, John, John. <laughs> Startled. I was focused. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I certainly get concerned about the future, especially when I see my kids and um, the slight dependency that they have with with uh, these things that we're talking on. And believe me, yeah. there's, I've, I've said in numerous interviews that we've that I've been doing for this record that there are pros and cons to technology. I'm not here to just say resist it. I'm not that person, but um, because, you know, here we are having this conversation uh, on a video, which, you know, if we were doing this 40 years ago, it would be like outer space stuff. Right. You yeah. know, but we do it. We don't even think about it. Just, you know, Skype me and there we are, which yeah. is pretty cool. So there are some really cool aspects of technology and, and I, and I, I'm, happy about that in myself but at the same time i think that when we have this dependency on computers and technology and in terms of smartphones and 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 really all the things that they start doing almost for us they almost start living for us it's weird um i i think that it could be detrimental um and i and i see that again for the future generations Um, so and you know the song is heavy it's a it's a it's a it's it's a deep topic, but at the same time, you know, the, we go into the second verse of it, and I then I start kind of poking fun at people watching shows with their phones, and <laughs> you know, I, there's a little bit of uh, sarcasm there um, and ball busting, which is is meant to be taken a little bit light at the same time. So it's not too intense of a of a topic, um, but yet it is. So uh, yeah, you know, we'll see how how this plays out. I mean, I can't imagine how technology will be. 30 years from now yeah. honestly it's actually a little daunting so. it is absolutely yeah and musically i think the album falls on that sweet spot between thrashy and melodic and this is something that hurt you guys from a commercial standpoint in the beginning of the band right where you were either in the hard rock side or on the thrash shot thrash side and uh, it was hard to to progress in the beginning of the band right but now i think it works in your favor well you know extent. i i, I I make the joke that we probably had a bit of an identity crisis and that was way too young to be having that. We were in our twenties and <laughs> you, you want that to start coming in when you're like, you're my age now. And that's when you yeah. have the, the midlife crisis. You don't want it in your twenties. But, um, you know, we, 
I think we were always just trying to follow our own path. So mm-hmm. um, even in the 80s, you know, we like writing heavy, fast songs, but then we also like writing some bluesy songs and some kind of ballad type stuff. So we wanted to do it and we didn't want to feel like, well, we can't do that because that's going to be something that people misinterpret as to what our style is. We didn't really yeah. think about it. So we did kind of do those things and and sometimes to the detriment of of not falling into falling into the you know the proper genres that were happening at the time and it yeah. was frustrating um but in the end i think we just really our 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 goal was to just be the best band we could be and be the, the our own trip you know that's really yeah. what we were striving to do um it took a while to kind of find that and now i think we we have found that perfectly and um and now we're just kind of trying to make it the best that we can do uh, we can be with with that particular confidence and just knowing yeah. hey if there's a certain thing we want to do uh we'll do it if it sounds bluesy if it sounds soulful if it sounds uh slow and moody um if it's just hitting your head on the head of the, like a hammer um if it's uh, ambient whatever if it's you know sounds like something that um is just like an old r&b tune it doesn't matter you know we're, we're trying to go with what the song is is pushing us and telling us to do uh-huh I never understood that divide, by the way. I'm a kid of the 80s, as you can see. But uh, yeah, I mean, why couldn't you like Kiss and Motorhead at the same time? There was that, this division at the time. It's strange, you know. But... Yeah, well, it's just peer groups probably more than anything. If you were a fan yeah. of Anthrax and Slayer, you probably weren't into Poison and Warren, you know what I yes. mean, and vice versa. Um, or maybe you were secretly, but you just didn't tell anybody, right? But <laughs> um, wait, wait, dude, you're at this show? What are you doing at Warren? Well, what are you doing here? You know, so exactly. I don't know, it's kind of funny, but <laughs> I, you know, it's music, man. You should like everything. I mean, at least yeah. as long as you like it and as long as you think it's good, it really doesn't matter. I'm sure there's stuff in my catalog that people would be shocked to know it's in there. I mean, I at one point I was into like Two Unlimited because probably because mm-hmm. I saw the videos when I was on tour with Anthrax and in Europe, and I was like, this band's cool. Listen to the energy. And they'd be like, this is terrible. What do you like it for? <laughs> like, I don't know. But I like it. So, I mean, you know, again, you can, it's music. It's, you should like whatever you like and, and actually find inspiration in it. Yeah. And there's a few special guests on the album. Let me start by asking you about Deezer Reed from Guns N' Roses and, and Hookers and Blow, of course. How did he get involved and what did he bring to the table? Well, Dizzy's a, a Jeff actually is a good friend with Dizzy, and he's actually done some some recording and also live performances with Dizzy. So he he suggested that, or maybe it was Joey's idea that came from he knowing that Dizzy and and Jeff were buddies. But uh, you know, obviously, amazing uh, keyboard player, and it was uh, an honor to have him on the record. He's a I haven't met him personally, but I'm sure he's mm-hmm. uh, a great guy and. And he's super talented and obviously has a name. So it was cool to have him on there. And once again, just adds a different element on the tracks he played, bringing uh, keyboards. It's the kind of thing that maybe back in the 80s, it would be something we'd be reluctant to do. But you yeah. know, we don't want to do that anymore. We, you know, we'd be like, oh, well, who's going to play the keyboards live? And I was like, well, who cares? Don't worry about it. You know, like, yeah. just put it on. It's a record. So you want the record to to have Sounds everything. A in way, it. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and not be concerned with not putting something on because you don't know how you're going to reproduce it. So yeah. it was great to have him perform on the record. 
Yeah. And tell me about the marching snare on Do Wrong to None, which is a really cool way to start the song. And I think it was done by the son of a friend of the band, right? Yeah. Our friend is a buddy of ours who we've known for years. His name's John Ayala. He's actually an amazing drummer himself. Um, mm -hmm. It was his son, Jake, who played in the, the, the marching band in, um, at his high school. He's obviously a very good drummer himself. Um, chip off the old block there. Um, it was another idea of putting him in the studio with Gonzo and just recording a bunch of different versions of that intro. So it was really yeah. cool. Um, it, it, again, it's, it's a nice tone for that song. It actually is right after the crazy sounding animal that, that either Joey or Gonzo, one of them recorded when we were on tour in Italy. And uh -huh. there, there was something out in the, the creek, but we don't know what animal it was, but it sounded pretty weird. And so they recorded it. And then we put that as the intro. And then the drum the intro uh, to follow that. And then the song began. So, you know, those are the kind of things that kind of kind of sets a nice uh, pace as well as uh, creates a cool aura for what you're about to hear. Yeah. And something else that's quite unique on the same topic, of course, is the use of a flute on Never yeah. Fret, which is the last song. Right. Who came up with that idea? Well, we did have a kind of weird intro again on the demo that Joey recorded and then Gonzo uh, said, I can play this this instrument. Can I I want to do the intro? So we we're like, yeah, do it. It sounds awesome. You know, again, yeah. that's this cool tone. You don't really think that song is about to. Oh, um, sorry, I lost you. Hold on. Bear with me. There you are. Um, um, you don't really think when you hear that intro, I don't think that you think the next thing you're going to hear is this explosive, powerful track. Um, but you do. And so it's yeah. really cool. And Gonzo did a great job with it. He was adamant about, you know, everyone knowing that he played it, which is hilarious, but you know, whatever, you know, we, you know, we, he did a great job and, and the world should know he played it. And it was a, yeah. it was a cool intro. And it's, you know, uh, it's the last song on the record and, it, that song in particular has kind of a, a, a uh, lyrically, it's a little bit more, uh, kind of falls in the footsteps of the song Underdogs that came out in Raising Fear, uh, mm -hmm. album 87, was kind of just a uh, paying tribute to ourselves and saying, hey, you know, no matter what happens when we perform, you know, we're going to we're going to deliver and and, uh, you know, burn the bring the house down. So that's kind of the, the premise of that song. And uh, one thing that's a constant in all Armored Saint albums is the great attention to the choruses. And this time it's no different, of course. And since this is like your time to shine when you do the chorus and stand out, are you usually involved in that part of the equation or? Well, you know, I mean, we just we love good songs. You know, it's, it's something that probably was instilled in us when we were kids listening to uh, everything from, you know, the sweet to Elton John to uh, Earth, Wind and Fire and Commodores to, you mm. know, Kiss and Sabbath and, you know, eventually Iron Maiden. You know, you wanted a great song. I mean, that's really what it comes right down to. And you write, you know, the best song you can make. And there's nothing better than a bunch of people singing your song. And, you know, the chorus is usually the part that everybody collectively sings if they know yeah. it well and if it is, if it is a good part. So, um, you know, we're no different. We want a big, strong song. Um, that's what we grew up on, and and that's what we want to to pass on down to our fans. So, yeah. um, you know, it shows it. You know, it's funny. It, we, <laughs> I think, in our early days, we used to think, okay, this is a great song, and we would have people like at the record company, not Brian per se, but um, you know, at, at Chrysalis and some of the execs, they'd be like, well, it's just all about a great song, and. I remember being super rebellious to that and going, well, what do you mean? This is a great song. What are you talking about? <laughs> of course it's a great song. What do you think? You want to write crappy songs? So, um, but in the end, I think that you, 
eventually you start to realize what is really a great song. Um, doesn't always necessarily mean that the chorus has to be this big anthem mm. sing-along per se, because like a song like Never Your Friend isn't really like that. That chorus is just more of like a part. Um, still, I think a great chorus, but um, it's just different than it would be, say, like End of the Attention Span, which is a big chorus. Yeah. So um, you, you could do different things and and whatever the song really is kind of asking for. You know, if it's looking for a big chorus sing-along kind of thing great if it's more of just a sing part with just my voice that's great too but in the end you know sure you want the best chorus you can you can possibly write mm, absolutely and i like the thing that caught my attention the most is how balanced the album is you have like fast-paced numbers like missile the gun but also the slow numbers like unfair uh is this something you strive for like adding a little bit of light and shade and structuring the track list in, in such a way or yeah you know again it goes back to wanting to to make a diverse album you know we um it's it's what we want to do because right? I, i guess we feel like we can do it you know we mm -hmm. don't want to look i mean i love metal i love being a metal band i love being a hard rock band i'm i'm i honor our our heritage and our legacy and um you know it shaped my life quite frankly but <clears throat> you know i don't think that we want to be pigeonholed by that at the same time we want to be yeah. able to say we can do whatever we want you know um i think we're our, our best critics um we if there was something that we were trying to do and it just wasn't working or if it was too outside the box i think we'd rein ourselves in but in the end we by by having this broad state of mind of wanting to to make a diverse album um at least in the mindset before you even go in it, mm -hmm. it helps you expand on stuff and You know, I think we can do it. I think Armored Saint is the kind of band that we, we can write a lot of different types of types of tunes, um, bluesy. You know, like I said, you know, hit your head on the uh, hit you over the head with a hammer type tracks. You know, ballady kind of epic uh, crescendo type endings. Um, it just doesn't matter. We by, at this point we think we can do anything. So maybe that's a uh, a little unrealistic, but I think we we strive to do it, and um, uh -huh. I want to keep doing that. It's it's fun. Yeah, and the album has so many versions as well. I think there's like seven or eight different vinyl options, different colors, <laughs> and everything. It's amazing. <laughs> well, that Metal Blade does a spectacular job of of of, of putting things out and giving um, fans different things to choose from. And they're just a great yeah. label. And they, and, you know, and you want, you know, I love that stuff because obviously I'm a you know a guy from the '70s and '80s, and I still love vinyl and. Um, you know, that's how I like to listen to music. Sometimes I, I don't always have that option because I, yeah, I, you know, you can't always buy stuff on vinyl these days, but yeah. um, I still buy CDs and I listen to them in my car and, you know, I want to listen to a record in its entirety because I think that's what an, an artist is intending for you to do and not just listen to one song. Again, whatever people want to do, you know, if they, they choose to get music however they they want that's up to them but just get it you know listen to it check it out yeah and the last time we spoke in 2018 there were talks about a dvd uh of the symbol of salvation in full is right. that still in the cards or that is in the cards we need to get mm. back to that we recorded a bunch of shows and we filmed a bunch of gigs okay we just have, we just have to basically kind of scrutinize them all listen to them all um find the right performances because we filmed all a bunch of shows And we did audio on everything, including the shows in Europe. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we just have to kind of do it and uh, and 
I think Joey was painstakingly going over that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we certainly, we didn't not, we, you know, we filmed it for a reason and that is to release it. So um, maybe we can get that out next year. Um, obviously we were, once we finished that tour, we went back into the, to the mindset that we were preparing to make a record. So, mm-hmm. um, and writing a record. So we kind of put you know, everything into this. So we put that on the back burner, but we will definitely get around to it and hopefully it'll come out next year. Awesome. And another thing we discussed then was uh, I asked you about writing a book with all your stories <laughs> of the road and everything. Wow. You said there was a chance of doing a documentary about the story of the band. Right. Any news on that or yeah, or on the book? That. No, that's that's still <laughs> happening. Um, the guy who's putting it all together and directing is his name is Russell Charrington. He's a friend of ours from Britain and um, he's done a great job. He's, he's interviewed a lot of different people for it, which is really cool. He's got some people that I was even surprised he was able to to get um, like Cliff Bernstein and a couple of the guys, Metallica. So um, it's 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 a great thing. I think the story is is great. The Armored Saint story. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but um, mm. it gives a lot of interesting aspects of it. Um, so he's again, he's just sometimes the the the, the going through the process of editing things and finding photos and, and videos. It's just a time consuming process. So um, I think he's just in the midst of doing that as well as probably doing other things in his life. Cause it's, it's not like he's, you know, the armored saint budget for the documentary is, you know, $10 million and he can put everything on the back burner. Yeah. He's doing it in other things conjunct in conjunction with his life. So mm. he's trying to find a way to make it happen. But uh, I think it'll be really cool when it's done. Okay. And uh, let me ask you uh, one more thing. In parallel with your career, you established uh, a voiceover business. Can you tell me how that came together? Um, it came together by wanting to um, use my voice in a different way than other than just singing. Um, mm. I met a really great uh, friend who's still a friend of mine who was an agent at the time. Her name was Jackie Martinoski. Um, she's probably one of the biggest supporters of John Bush in the world. <laughs> and even though we don't see each other that often or talk that often, she um, she's just a, a big fan of mine as a person, which I'm always grateful for. And she she brought me into this world. Of course, it was my wife, too, because my wife is um, a casting director. And so when I suggested that and maybe this is something I could pursue, she helped me with that and then that led to Jackie. So my wife is actually the, the major catalyst behind it. But, okay. um, you know, it's. It's a competitive business. I love doing it. I, I've done a bunch of things, but you know, it's 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 competitive. So you're you're fighting with all these other voiceover artists as well as a lot of just big time actors who got into yeah. voiceover, and they've kind of t- taken over a lot of the the uh, the jobs. But um, you know, it, it, little things like I just did the thing um, for the for the band Night Demon and their podcast and. Um, they hired me and it was really fun to do that. And it sounded great. So, um, mm-hmm. and I did, uh, some of Brian Slagle's, uh, audio book, which was really, really cool. Um, and, um, it was a challenge to say the names of guys from Amon and Marth correctly without butchering <laughs> their names. I was like, Whoa, how do you pronounce this? Um, but, um, in the end, you know, anything associated with, uh, doing VL, whether it's a big commercial or something smaller is, is fun. And it's, uh, it's just, it's a challenge. And, and I, I dig it. It's, I just wish it was a little less competitive, actually. But hey, that's life. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much, man. And thank you for Punching the Sky, which is an amazing record. You know, I want to get to Toronto. I'd like to get there in the winter so I can go to a Leafs game. That'd be amazing. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> okay. 
Thanks. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this interview with John Bush. You can listen to it also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to finish now with the song End of the Attention Span from Armored Saints' new album, Punch in the Sky. Take care and rock on. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thank you. Take care. All right, thanks, Rodrigo. Have a great day, buddy. You too, too.